Welcome to Interfaith Encounters. In this third season, we're looking at migrants and immigrants, faithful encounters with the stranger in our midst. I'm Dr. Robert Hunt. My guest today is Manpreet Kaur Singh, a member of the Sikh community in Houston, Texas. Welcome, Ms. Kaur Singh. Thank you. I appreciate the invite, Dr. Hunt. You're most welcome. Let me begin by asking how your faith tradition understands our responsibility to migrants and immigrants. Uh, the Sikh faith tradition actually has an element in it, I think is overarching and over-encompassing that, you know, would include what you would do with migrants and immigrants that come uh, within your country that you're living in. We have a tradition of what we call seva, which is selfless service. And within this selfless service, we have to in, uh, do what's best for our community and do, do the things to help you know, further our community's, um, you know, benefit. And so, you know, when something like Hurricane Harvey happens, or even this recent one, this recent hurricane with Lake Charles, the Sikh community usually activates in a big manner to uh, help out their fellow citizens. And so when we, you know, cut and paste that to migrants and immigrants, I would think that the same principles apply or what I've seen within America is that the same principles apply. So when we've seen unaccompanied minors that have come um, and have been held at Catholic charities for the time being before their hearings, they still bring them to our place of worship to where we also provide them with services as much as we can as well. So I think there's a huge um, undertone, overtone, and uh, embracing of migrants and immigrants, because remember too, we also, we too are immigrants. So we, ha we host a number of immigrants within our own community. Just so I clearly understand this concept of SIVA, it serves the community, but by this, um, in your community, you mean the larger community as well, the people around you. Correct. So we don't think of ourselves as just the sick community is the only one that needs to be advanced here in America. We think of every part of our community. So, you know, for me, I was born and raised in Houston. So I'm very invested in um, what Houston looks like and the shape of Houston. So we do whatever it is within our community to further the goals uh, of our entire community here in Houston. And you, you mentioned that in the specific case of migrants and immigrants, that you've had some come out to your Gurdwara. I believe that's, that's the exactly. Name. Yeah, you did it right. <laughs> Uh, for a meal, is that right? Yeah, so they, I mean, for worship and meals. So like, uh, especially when it comes to minors, you've got to imagine how they must feel. They're separated from their parents. Um, they've come on this venture to find a better life um, and claim asylum. And they want to be able to touch and feel a little bit of home. And so worshiping as well is also uh, a part of what they receive in addition to the food, um, as you well know that uh, we're known for giving out uh, or making large meals every time we have some sort of a, a service. And so they come to, to incorporate themselves within that service for worship and for food. Okay. And maybe you could say a little bit more about this tradition of hospitality that involves serving meals. Uh, Absolutely. So our concept of langar, it's L-A-N-G-A-R, 
um, was created by our fifth guru, wherein we actually, fourth and fifth guru, where, where they serve to anybody who comes within the divine, within a, a place of worship, which you've identified as Gurdwara. Um, the main Gurdwaras that we have, especially in India, there are even symbolic versions of the four doors are open. So there'll be four entrances for a Gurdwara to symbolize that anybody from any direction is welcome into our Gurdwara. Uh, the concept of Lunger as well is made for anybody who comes in. So you're, you can make uh, food for 500 people to 5,000 people. Or in the case of India, you know, they're making, I'm sure, 50,000 meals a day um, in, in certain Gurdwaras. Uh, we also, I think, what is something that should be highlighted or um, what I pride our faith based on is the sense of equality. So when you come to eat lunger within our Gurdwara, people sit on the floor equally. So you could be sitting next to somebody who makes millions of dollars or somebody who is a migrant and, you know, scrapping for food and hoping to be able to find their asylum within our country. Um, and nobody would know that because it's all on equal footing. And so when our Guruji's created this concept of lunger, even when the kings of the time would come to visit the Gurdwaras, you know, you would imagine back in the 1600s or the 1400s that they would be some glorious thrones that the king is coming and they'd be sitting on a throne. But um, no, they would sit on the floor with the gurus and with uh, any other members of the congregation at the time and eat, eat together. So there's some symbolism in sitting together and realizing that we're all the same in God's eyes. Uh, there is no differentiation or delineation. And so we treat people as such. Yeah. And that's, that's not only on the basis of um, ethnicity, um, but also on the basis of religion. Absolutely correct. Right? Uh, there is nothing that differentiates that. So we don't check, um, you know, people's religious cards before they come through the door. And tragically, I mean, I don't know if you heard about the Wisconsin shootings in 2012, but uh, the, the white supremacist that came through the Gurdwara was walking around freely for 30 minutes prior to opening fire and killing six, uh, six members. And I think that in itself shows that this is how open we are, that people don't question and say, hey, why are you in here? What do you want? You know, that you can come in, worship freely and then eat freely uh, and, and not and not be known that you're, you're about to do what you're about to do. So, um, which is interesting how that played out as well. Some of the central concepts then are of, of seva, of selfless service and of equality. And that's an equality that runs across race, religion, color, gender, all of that gender, especially yes. by the way. And I yes. think that that's another, um, big point for us too. I mean, our religion was created in the 14, 1600s, 14 through the 1600s. And that's, uh, if you think about it, that's, you know, fairly young, but in the 1600s, when you look back to the Eastern world and um, how it was conducting itself, women had no rights, but we had rights or they were given to us that we were equal. And we were told too, like, you know, we give birth to Kings. So how can we be disparaged in any way? We should be held um, to higher standard or not higher standards so much as just the equal base as men. And so much so that we're given our own last name uh, core. So we don't ever fall under a male uh, 
whether it be your husband or your father uh, in identity, which, which of course resonates with, with my principles. Yeah, there is a certain egalitarianism to the fact that every Sikh woman is core. Yes. Uh, as every Sikh man is Singh. And the second layer to that too is in India, you can identify somebody's caste or riches, if, if you will, uh, by their last name. Uh, and so when you eliminate that, uh, that, uh, that last name and you say everybody's a thing or everybody's a core, you are eliminating, you're eliminating two versions of that. You're, you're getting rid of that caste system and you're getting rid of that gender difference too. But what are some of the ways that uh, the theology or the understanding of responsibilities towards migrants and immigrants are put into practice today. And maybe you can move beyond the seva and the langar um, to, the, to the ways in which your community greets members of its own community that come in and, and issues that, that deal with education and that sort of thing. So I think um, I have the benefit by being a second generation or watching my parents immigrate here and their struggles too, because I was young enough and had the memory to watch them grow through it and go through it. Um, that I see that they turn around and they are now helping out those immigrants that still are coming through our, our Gurdwara. That's how we identify who the new immigrants are within the Sikh community. Um, generally speaking, because we're such a small community in that we have about 5,006 within Houston. Uh, and, and this doesn't necessarily mean just for, this is not just a Houston thing. This is a, a sick thing, really. If you go to any country or anywhere you go, you always try to find where the Gurdwara is because that's our, our essential community center as well. So when, um, you know, I go to Spain or I go to Italy, I'll find the nearby Gurdwara and I'll, I'll go by just to see uh, how, how, it, how it is there and kind of like meet people from there as well. So it, immigrants, when they come to a new city, Houston included, they will find a Gurdwara and they'll start attending that Gurdwara. Through that, whatever wants, needs they have, we supply that um, kind of being in the know, if you will. So like if they have children and their children are trying to learn English, I've tutored many kids throughout the years on learning how to speak English or working through the school system um, because they're living in suburbs that don't have an understanding of sick children and may be bullied or having teachers that don't understand or are not inclusive. So we have all those resources based on what it is that the, the family is in need of. If they need a co-signer for a car, because uh, you find out how complicated some things are only through somebody else's experiences, uh, our community usually is really good about coming together or finding ways in which we can help that new family um, settle in and and become a part of our community. You you mentioned earlier uh, working with, I guess, Catholic Relief in terms of people coming yes. in. Are there other uh, Christian, non-Christian groups that you work with in terms of some of these specific social problems? Yes, yeah, so quite frankly, um, because we are an, a niche religion or a niche, um, you know, language, what happened even with the Catholic charities, one of the ways that we uh, got involved with them is that they contacted us and they said, hey, can you come and translate for these migrant children? They're by themselves and they, and they need translation services. Um, so that way we can build their legal case or figure out what's going on if they really have an asylum case or not. And so 
I started working with them in that capacity. Um, similarly, we have such strong allies in like interfaith ministries um, and other organizations that once they find out that they're looking for a Punjabi speaker or somebody from the sixth faith, it usually lands within our in our laps because um, you know we're we're the contact people that kind of come through in that. So that's that's kind of how we are able to integrate and help out people who may not have the ability to contact us you know, because they're being, they're in detention or whatever have you. So th this makes me very curious. So there are actually unaccompanied minors who are Punjabi speakers coming into the United States. Well, I had the experience directly with that about 10 years ago. I'm sure that there's still, there, there may be some that are coming through right now, or there may be an uptick of it um, with the same amount that you know, the rest of America is facing um, with the migrant children that are coming up and accompanied. But yes, I've been exposed to those kids and it's exactly what you hear on the news that they're looking for a better life and their parents have put all the eggs in that kid's basket. Um, and then they come out, they come to try to find a better life to help support their families. I think that's a terrifically important point that because so often when we say migrant or immigrant or um, we we think of our southern border in Texas. Yes. And um, we have actually many borders in Texas, and every international airport is one of them. Um, but there are also people who are not of uh, Central American or Mexican descent crossing our southern border. Absolutely. And some of the kids that I had interviewed had actually come the same exact way um, through like Guatemala and Central um Mexico uh, and through Mexico in the jungles, the same way you hear uh, about all these other refugees coming through. It was it's the same story, and not to mention, it's the same story in Europe too. People don't realize that you know people go to Norway or they go to Finland, um, and and they're looking for a better life just the same. I think we've just made it such a negative thing here that people don't look at it as this happens all across the world. Which, which gets me to a, a question, um, this issue of, of being negative. Um, it sounds as if in the Sikh community, uh, migration or immigration is not seen as something negative. Well, it depends on perspective. So if you look at perspective of just the religion in general, right? And we have to help our community members and we help people who are in need. Um, theoretically, that's, that's, you're right. Like there's nothing um, to be said. We just get in, we get in the boat and we help. Um, but then you also have uh, other people and I would hate to act like that, that part of our community doesn't exist where they immigrated, they felt like they immigrated through proper channels and then they, they're very judgmental about the idea of somebody else immigrating here and not doing it the proper way. What I think the difference is, um, or the crux of the issue is, is just uh, not an understanding of when you come to a country and you seek asylum, that is also and is a legitimate and proper way. But I think that the way that the media spins things, people get caught up in that and they feel like that may not be the proper way um, in which to come through. But for the most part, our community is supportive of uh, people who are here, and we really don't ask immigration status. You know, we're all immigrants in our community, and so we're not like, well, what's your status? Do you have a green card? Are you here illegally? If it, if we know it's through the grapevine and gossip, 
kind of <laughs> like most communities. So um, hard to say, other than people theoretically talking about it, hard to say what people actually view direct immigrants that are illegally um, here in our community and how they would treat them. I don't think that they would treat them improperly, even though they may differ in their philosophy. Right. And I, I expect that's true of many religious communities when you move beyond the strictly religious viewpoint to this, yes. the, the, the political reality. Um, and I, I think I'll, I'll take your words as a chance to underscore something that has been said by a couple of other people that I've interviewed for this podcast series, which is a reminder that um, both in the United States and international law, seeking asylum is a legitimate reason to cross a border. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think we get caught up in what we hear and never fact check that to know differently. So. Okay. Well, this has been really helpful. Uh, and thank well, you great. very much. Um, let me ask if you have any closing words you want to say about the Sikh community and migrants and immigrants. Well, I um, think that it's really important, the work that you're doing here, Dr. Hunt, I mean, putting a voice out there that is different than what we hear daily uh, is, is very, very important. Um, and I think, like you said, the thread that you're common, that you're weaving through the community to say, yes, these are legitimate human beings who uh, are seeking refuge and it's our duty to help um, out. I think it, it's something that people should be, we should be talking about it more so or in the forefront. And I think you're doing that service for us. Um, and I think the Sikh community, it's, it's, our, it's something that we treasure helping people. And it's something that we find um, as close to God as we can get to help people. And so when we have other humans in despair or going through issues, it's, it's our duty and it's something that we take pride in and helping others with. Thank you very much. This has been Interfaith Encounters. In this third season, we're looking at migrants and immigrants, faithful encounters with the stranger in our midst. I'm Dr. Robert Hunt, and my guest today has been Pranjit Kaur Singh. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you.